the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is it Monday? Is it Monday? It feels like Monday. It's Monday. All right, it's Monday. Hey, good morning to you. You like my new sign for the the show? Chaos coordinator. You like that? That's kind of where we're at right now with primary going on. Chaos coordinator. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, good to have you along with us. we got a full studio right now. Paul is here. So is, of course, uh, Wayne and so is Tim. Everybody made it in today. And for the first half hour, I got I got to be on good behavior. <laughs> and we got Judge Hardly. Chris Carnahan here in the studio. He's running for the Supreme Court. Why the Supreme Court? What made you decide to 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 put your hat in the ring, so to speak? Well, good morning to you, Dave, and everybody else out there. It's going to be a good week. Um, now, the reason why I ran is, of course, number one. Who doesn't want to operate at the top of their profession? I like would think so. I mean, that's 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 kind of on a personal level. Um, uh, but that, that's a big deal to me, and and I know my mom's out there listening. I want to say hi, mom. Uh, so that's the you know that, there's that personal aggrandizement, if you want to say. But there's also um, severe policy shortcomings that I see, um, and it, it's we've got a tendency in our Supreme Court to wander all over the acre instead of staying in their lane. And um, I think we need to have a Supreme Court that uh, knows what its role is and knows that they're not super legislators. And I've never acted as such as a circuit or district judge. And I want to pull the the Arkansas Supreme Court, not necessarily to the right. I just want to put it to where its job is. And um, I think uh, there's a good contrast between me and Justice Robin Wynn, who is the uh, justice who I'm running against. Um, And um, I I'm going to stay in my lane, and I'll let him answer for himself whether or not he's done that. Okay, so what you're saying is you want the Supreme Court to actually fill in one of the main parts of government, the judicial. Right. You want them to stay there. Where? How, how have they wandered off the reservation, oh. so to speak? Can I say that now, or am I going to have picketers out front i I think you're okay i'm okay okay that's part of the vernacular i think it's not i don't know who knows i thought chinese fire drill was until i said it (laughs) oh well i I wish there was a definition of wokeness that that i could go there is not one that 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 didn't change um and and that's that's kind of that's kind of one of the things that um that that courts generally a, a legitimate complaint people have in courts is that they um 
tend to try to change words to fit the time. And, of course, I'm an originalist, and I don't do that. Good. Uh, words mean what they mean when they're written in the context that they were written in, not, not what I want them to be. Uh, but um, repeat the question because I, I wandered off there. Yeah, I, I just where you think that they've wandered off. Well, that's one area okay. um, in, in, in the use of language. Um, there's some uh, decisions in the, um, on like uh, they've abrogated their responsibility on the death penalty uh, in some ways. Um, there was a case here in Pulaski County several years ago that involved a transfer on the Medazolam lawsuits, and they just let it sit here and die. The the attorney general had moved had uh, filed a motion to move that case to another jurisdiction, um, and uh, it just kind of sat there and turned and turned. And that's that's something that's important, and it's the court's role to move something that important along. It may be that the attorney general didn't have the authority. Uh, or the legislature didn't have the power to do that, but it was something that needed review in a timely manner by the court, and I don't feel like it was behaving in a timely manner. Um, so it, it's wandered off on its on not fulfilling its obligations there. But but you look also at like the Tilly decision, um, which abrogated uh, the rights of parties to contract around whether or not they wanted to have a jury trial or not. Um, we, we allow people to, to enter into contracts that infringe on their own constitutional rights all the time, and that's, that's part of the contracting process. Right. Um, and this, this was a case that uh, the, uh, the court, I feel, um, overstepped its bounds and said, told the legislature, not once but twice, the legislature specifically overruled that decision um, uh, by the courts, um, and they said, no, 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 we're, we're still in charge. And you can look at the whole tort reform mess where the court said, uh, everything is process, um, so you can't touch process. We don't really care what, what the laws that were passed. Things like that are very important, and I just think that um, the political debate doesn't need to happen in the court. The political debate needs to happen in the General Assembly through the people's elected representatives. So This is what I like about you, Chris. I just asked you two questions, and you asked, actually answered them. Usually when people are running for, for judge, mm-hmm. I bring them in here. And I can't get an answer if I've got a ten foot crowbar. Well, I mean, since I mean, seriously. Hey, if you wanted to ask me a question, you know, abortion is, is very much on people's minds right yeah. now. I couldn't give you an answer because it's likely to come before the, Ar- the Arkansas Supreme Court should the Supreme Ar- United States Supreme Court overturn that issue. But there are some basic things that you know. There's this myth that. Um, if you're a conservative, you can't criticize the liberals on our, on our Arkansas Supreme Court, and that's just not right. Uh, the First Amendment works both ways. First Amendment? Do we have a First Amendment in this we country do. anymore? We do. Sometimes I wonder, though. We need judges who know that as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. What do you think about all the different uh, uh, cases that are being filed against uh, counties uh, throughout Arkansas dealing with gun rights? Can you talk about that any just kind of... Hit it, hit the high I points. can just tell you generally, uh, citizens um, have a complete right that, that pre-exists and predates our Constitution to keep and bear arms. It's a God-given right to defend yourselves. Um, there's also the enjoyment of target practicing. There's uh, many, many different ways that, that people can enjoy uh, firearms or bows or anything else that, that could potentially be turned to, to hazard. Um, the, the the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is is to me an absolute, uh, absent someone's rights being lost through uh, some uh, 
procedural process, whether it's a felony conviction or someone is is determined to be mentally incompetent. Uh, th- those are the two exceptions. And um, uh, but other than that, you're you're you know people have a right to keep and bear arms. I do it all the time. Good for you. All right. So let me ask you a question that I was talking with my panel with on Friday. And and that is, we do have three distinct branches of government, the judicial, the executive, and then the legislative. Of course, legislative is your, you know, your House and your Senate, and you got the governor as the executive, you got the Supreme Court, so the judicial. But can the can the legislative branch just say they want to make sure that they're staying within the parameters of the state and the federal constitution can they come to you all and or ask for for you to join them or whatever and bring a law that they're thinking about passing say would that pass constitutional muster is that a legitimate part of what the the supreme court can do i i I, there there is currently um and i think it's probably there's some wisdom in it the the court shouldn't give advisory opinions uh, because you can't figure out in every manner how a particular law may impact individual people. There has to be cases and controversy that are brought up. Now, that being said, the Supreme Court does sometimes give federal courts, if there's a question of Arkansas law and a federal lawsuit, an indication of where the Arkansas Supreme Court would come down on a deal. So that, that's sort of an advisory opinion to the federal courts. I just don't believe that these that the the judicial branch needs to get involved in the legislative branch's work. They need to send things. They need to pass laws, and then if there's a, a controversy, the, the court needs to weigh in. Other than that, you, we don't. You just need to. made a statement that I never even thought about. That you have to have cases come before you that causes you to consider the constitutionality of a particular law. Yeah. If, if it's not a case in controversy, I don't think it's the role of the Supreme Court to do that. It would be nice. I know people – I don't want to go through all this process, That's the whole I'm legislative saying. thing. I'm, I'm just I, thinking, but, you know, democracy's tough. No, well, <laughs> part of our system is, is designed to give deliberation. Now, there's some – things that I think the, the courts in Arkansas need to do to speed up some of that deliberation. Yeah, we'll talk about but, that after yeah. the break. Okay. Let's do that. And then Wayne was leaning towards the microphone. Do you got a, you, you have a question? Yeah. I, I, I I, you're going to get an answer after the break, but you can right. say your question. This this one of the things you talked about, uh, you, you have to break the law before you before you go to court. In other words, look at a uh, declaratory type uh, action by the courts can you kind of explain a little bit how that works do you have to have okay hold don't don't explain it we'll get back wait till we come back because i gotta get a break in all right i gotta do this part of the part of my gig here i'm being judge and jury right now all right let you know that uh, pat davis wants you to come talk to him about health insurance you want to save money maybe 30 to 50 percent then you call pat at 501-605-6935 and he'll help you out with that how about no more co-pays how about no more just unacceptable huge deductibles i mean i've i've seen people buy decent priced health insurance like five hundred dollars a month but their deductible is ten thousand dollars 
Well, of course they'll sell it to you for 500 a month because you're never going to use your health insurance if you've got to pay $10,000 before you even get to the point that you can use it. <clears throat> so give Pat a call. Let him talk to you, tell you how you save money, what you need to do. It doesn't matter who your insurance is from. He can help you out with what it is that uh, you need help with. 501-605-6935 or online at Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, special guest in the studio today, Chris Carnahan. Judge Chris Carnahan is with us. He's running for the Supreme Court. He's sitting here uh, having a nice little discussion with us, and I've gotten more out of him in the 10 minutes or so he's been on than most Supreme Court justice candidates that ever walk in here. Always they look at me and go, well, Dave, I'd like to answer that question, but I can't because it might come up before me. So here's how I got around it, Chris, just so you'll know. Which justice on the Supreme Court do you identify best with? Uh, Clarence Thomas. I mean, there's there's no... That tells you exactly where Chris Carnahan is. Yeah. He's an originalist. Yeah, that's what it tells us. Now, if you if you had said, uh, "Well, sh- she's not there anymore," but you know, I uh, I used to like uh, Miss G. I would have said, "Okay, well, I know I don't want to go for this guy." <laughs> anyway, no, I I'm just saying. You know what I'm what, what what I'm saying? It's I I think a lot of judges use that as an out. Would you agree with that? I think that that is a way for people to hide um, uh, their ideology um, and where they're coming from. And maybe not ideology is too strong a word. Their judicial philosophy. And well, that's I, an ideology. I, I know, but but I, I don't want to put it in partisan terms you okay. know, necessarily. Um, but you know, there's like I said before the break. I, there are certain things Chris Carnahan can't tell you. I, if it's going to come before the court, I can't answer it. I've had people come up and get very hostile with me, wanting to know things about vaccine mandates and all that, and can't tell you. I can't tell you. If I tell you that, then guess what? If it comes before me, you got to recuse fairness, yourself. I'll have to recuse because I don't want people to think I've prejudged a case without having the other side. And when I try to tell people that, sometimes it just goes over their head, but it's a question of fundamental fairness to both sides. But you can't. But you can say you're originalist. You, and the law, whenever you get it. Now, what I like about uh, Chris, I heard him down at Tea Party down in uh, Garland County one time. He said, you may not like what I come up with, right? But it's what the law says. Yeah, right? that's, that's a point. That's, that's, that's important. So that's important. And, and the way to change those decisions is through the legislative or amendment process. You know, we're blessed in Arkansas that if the legislature makes a bad law, they can change it. Well, we the people can change it. Right. We've got the initiative and referendum process. And if we want to amend our basic governing document, our Constitution, you know, certainly we did that with marijuana. We wrote that into the Constitution. We wrote a highway tax into the Constitution. Um, now, you can debate the wisdom of all that. I was talking to someone the other day. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know that you want to put a direct tax revenue stream in the Constitution. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a personal question. But can they do it? You know that's yes. that's a legal question, and I and I think yes, they can. Uh, but 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 those type of things, uh, um, you, you just need to have judges that stay in their lane and say if the people decide things, as long as it or the legislature, as long as it doesn't violate someone else's constitutional rights, 
then they can make good decisions or bad decisions. The way you fix it isn't through the courts. It's through the legislature. Okay, as far as you know, I want you to kind of share something with us, not on a federal level because you're, you're a state judge. On the federal level, though, you know, we're, we got this argument going on about Roe v. Wade right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we had that leak, which was absolutely terrible. They need to find out who leaked it. I think they can if they want to. And when they do, I think they need to make a public spectacle of the person who leaked it. In fact, I'm thinking something like in the Game of Thrones when they had Cersei and she had to walk amongst all the people and they were throwing the, the rotten vegetables at her. And stuff. Yeah. I think that might be what we need to have happen as far as that's concerned. But give us a little feel what you think happens when you guys have something in front of you. They've come and they've argued in front of you, uh, whoever the plaintiffs are. And then you gather together, and you guys talk this stuff over. Do you have, like, a room that looks like the octagon? I mean, do you, well, they <laughs> do you do have it. to gap, grapple out there together? You see white smoke coming out yeah, the chimney. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering. No, no, they, they actually do have, have a chambers in. I've, I've, uh, I've been appointed to special justice a couple of times, and one of those times it necessitated going to that room. Uh, but it's a... Uh, you know, they've got seven chairs, and you sit around, and you discuss whether or not the merits of the case, and it's an open discussion. Does uh, it ever get hot? I'm just saying. Well, I, I haven't been in well, there. Well, you've never been. Okay. I, I haven't been in there other than the, than the one time. When but, you become Supreme Court Justice, because I think you're going to win, would you please come on my show and tell me if it gets hot? No. <laughs> <laughs> because I just know. the deliberations of the justices Are private. need to remain private. And whichever justice or law clerk leaked that potential Dobbs decision, yeah. um, if it's a law clerk, they never need to practice law again. If it's a Supreme Court justice, I don't know that there's much you can do outside of impeaching them. And I don't know that it's an impeachable offense. It's certainly an offense against uh, the, the court's court. practices yeah. but um, um, no I, I i'm not going to tell you what happens inside the deliberation i just want to know i just want to know if you, do they give you the big bop gloves that you put on and, <laughs> you know and you can take a can, nobody gets hurt but you can take a swing at somebody if you want to take I, I think you're going to have smart people discussing smart things and mm-hmm. um, hopefully they'll they'll it'll be collegial okay i guess that's cool but i know they do have a disciplinary vote, uh, board on by under the judiciary. They do have that that they can go by. As far as it, when it gets into the Supreme Court area and the, and the other, I think maybe that's that's the gray area that you're talking about. I kind of yeah. like to know. Okay, so I guess I can say that uh, you know primaries underway right now. Voting is going on right now. I've already voted. I posted. I voted. You know, I got that on my my Facebook and everything. I've done my. Uh, civic duty. I hope you'll do yours. Uh, I got a text from Thurston on Friday. Let me look here real quick. 50,000. And it's 50, and I just say it's a little over 50,000 people have voted thus far. I don't know where that stands versus other elections and primaries we have. I'm sending him a text this morning to ask that and uh, where we are as far as percentage goes. But I think that at least, as you've listened to Chris Carnahan today, you have an idea of where this man stands. And I appreciate that from you. I really, really do. Thanks, Dave. Because there's, there's not a lot of judges got the cojones to actually come on the air 
and say, you know, some, some of the things that you said about getting the, the Supreme Court back into their their right lane that they need to be in. Not, right not being that they're leaning right. It's just where they're supposed to be in the whole concept of equal, you know, uh, laws as far as judicial and legislative and executive. Have, have we gone too far? I got one minute. Have we gone too far in giving the executive too much power in Arkansas? Uh, that's a question that I can't answer. That's one I yeah, can't might, That may be one that comes up before. Because uh, there, there are a number of cases that might come up before us, but everyone has a role to play. Um, our system is not perfect, but it's designed to have an, an orderly discussion, uh, or sometimes a raucous discussion in the legislature, um, and that's okay. Um, but but we, we have to allow each branch of government to function on its own in the manner that's prescribed. And, you know, one of the problems uh, th- that existed during the pandemic was operating under a 1973 law that granted a, an executive a lot of power. All right. That's it. We're, we're out of time. Got to go to the news. Let's get the news in. Uh, Chris Carnahan, thank you so much for coming in and joining the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope to have you on as a, you know, running. Real Appreciate quickly. your vote. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Back with you. My thanks to uh, Judge Chris Carnahan for coming in here. And I'm going to be honest with you. He's the first candidate I've ever had come in that I I had. I didn't have to figure out how to, you know, put my questions together so I wouldn't hear, well, I can't talk about that because that case might come up in front of me. He didn't do that. He started offering things right off the bat. And uh, I think he got a pretty good idea of what kind of judge he'd be. Really do. Be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who, who the, uh, whether the people that are already on the, on the court are going to stay there or if we're going to actually see some changes on the court. I personally think we need to see some changes on the court. But that's me. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm, I try to stay out of that in the primaries. I will tell you I have voted already, but I won't tell you who I voted for. There's not a general in this. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the race. No, for it the really judges, is, right. yeah. They're yeah, going to come out of no. it. Whoever comes out of it and wins, wins. It's the way, way it's going to be. Kind of the same way who wins the Republican primary will probably be the person it, who wins in the general right, election. Right. In many of these races, it will be the, the winner of the primary. Who gets who, these, these, these are the elections for many of these races in the primaries. Yes, yeah, I agree. Right? I agree. And, so, and that's, that's what happens in some of these different races around the state. And, and years ago, back when Democrats were the only ones running, if you didn't vote in the Democrat primary, you didn't vote. You didn't get to vote for those races in many cases. I'm sitting here looking across to my left, and uh, Dr. Tim Lim is here. All right. I always like to call him doctor because I think it drives him crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But he is a doctor. He's an audiologist by trade, but he does a lot of other things uh, that he loves even more, I think. But uh, I looked at him when he came in today, and I thought that he probably woke up this morning. He goes, oh, God. I got to be on Ellswick's show this. <laughs> I got to get up. You didn't want to get up, did you? Well, no one wants to get up when they have to, but they do it anyway. That's just. No, you the do it. I, I appreciate that you do come in here. Oh, it's no problem. Because you add you you add some really uh, some great thoughts. 
to the conversation to the show i try <laughs> well you do well you do well. there there are i've only had one time i don't know i think you were had been on a trip and you had gotten home late the night before and you yeah. came in and man you were zoned out it was yeah. it was tough for you that day well i was at i was at the beach the day before <laughs> that's what it was yeah so he had been baking on the beach yeah, that's right the other day, I didn't do it. My wife did. She went out and laid in the sun one of those days that it felt like it was 106, 105 oh. kind of thing. And that evening, she was sitting in the recliner next to us. We got a, a double recliner, and we're watching TV, and we're watching The Lincoln Lawyer, in fact, is what we were watching. And uh, she looked at me. She goes, boy, she said, that heat just sucked it out of me today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could just see it. She looked like a wet rag sitting next to me. She she's still sleeping, so I know she didn't hear that. So I can say things like that. Anyway, she 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 well, did. She paid for it. Did she get burned too? A little bit, a little but bit, not but much. She, Just enough she, that you know you're sitting there and you feel warm. Mm-hmm. You don't feel pain. You just feel warm. Well, yeah, the, heat, the heat can really take yeah. it out of you. You oh, got to be careful does. with it too. Yeah, it sucks it out of you. And here's the other thing I told her. I said I'm not saying that you're getting old. But you're getting old. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you sit out in the – you can't sit out in the sun now, you know, like you're 22 years old anymore. It just it, it just messes with you. Your, your body, when you get older, does not regulate itself. Well, it is one of those things. Well. That if, and if you're, if you're staying in air conditioning all the time, it hurts a whole lot more to get out in the heat. Yeah, I don't – It's a lot more miserable. I mean, well, I got air conditioned house, but I like the heat. I mean, Heidi and I talk about this all the time, man. I, I'm still thawing out from growing up outside of Chicago, you know. But 105, it was a little. That was a little much. When you walk out and it feels like the heat is right up against you, you know mm. what I'm talking about. It just feels like it. It just comes yeah, and when a, when sucks a, when around. The breeze you. doesn't even feel good. Yeah, the, the, when the breeze is not even blowing yeah. at that point that day, and uh, the the uh, the sweat was falling. Right off, right off the end of my nose, in fact. You just can't stand the temperature sometimes. I know, uh, like I duck hunt, and it gets down single digits, and I could I could handle that better mm-hmm. than anybody. Well, you can always it's put be, more clothes on. But well, it's getting sometimes. a little tougher now, and I don't care how much, how much I put on. It still gets a little tougher. Well, sometimes you can put on more clothing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that scene in uh, Christmas Story where the kid falls down and he can't get up? Yeah. It used to be that way. I remember. I was in, oh. that, that was about the area I grew up little, in. Little marshmallows. Yeah, you'd, and I hated the boots. You know, they, we called them galoshes. Mm. All right, and, and they had boots. they had the, well, they had the metal clasps on the front mm. of them, and those would get frozen, and yeah. you couldn't get them open. You had to wait until they thawed oh, out. Yeah. I hated those wow. boots. I still hate those boots. You know, I don't know when the last time was I, I wore boots. Of course, I, it's been. 30 years since I've mm-hmm. lived anywhere during this. The, Where it the, made sense. That, you get that much snow on the ground all the time, or <laughs> worse, slush. Yeah, so I, I used I used to go out, do some four-wheeler trail riding, even in cold weather. And so we'd go across creeks and stuff like that. And some guys would wear, like, rubber boots. I got to where I would wear hip boots. Oh, and yeah. So I could step off into a creek as long as it didn't go up over my thigh. Yeah. And, um, but that was that was actually a nice alternative to something like what you're describing, which they're just big old. Well, you get a whole you get like a whole boxing shoe gloves full, on your feet. Get a whole shoe, shoe full of slush. Oh yeah, not fun. Nope. Your, oh. I don't care. You, your feet get cold, and they will stay cold mm-hmm. because your socks are going to be wet. It's not like you can go to work 
and they typically don't like you taking your shoes off and bringing your socks out into your <laughs> trash can and stuff. They don't like you doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, you're going to be uncomfortable most of the day. You ought to do a backflip off of your boat dock with waders on. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Well, it depends on how deep the water is. It's, it's over your head. Well, that's not good. Uh, and uh, Hard to sw- swim with all that extra weight on it. Uh, it is whenever it's with neoprene waders, you can actually bring your knees up quickly to your chest, and you can float. Like a neoprene will make you float. It's like wearing a wearing life jacket. Yes, yeah, whenever you try to climb, well, you know, before you get in the boat. When you're trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you try to get out, your legs straighten out, and then that's whenever things get you've a little got, cold. You've got an extra 100 pounds of water on you. <laughs> well, Linda, one time, I had I put her in hip, and uh, we went out fishing on, on the spring. Mm, that's uh, cold trout, water out there, isn't it? Yeah, trout fishing. And I said, whatever you do, try not to fall. Because mm-hmm. I said, those, those hip waders fill up with water. They can cause you problems. Dear. you got to stand on her head to get you the know, water out. Well, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> she fell, and she got caught in the current. Uh, and it drug her under. Uh-huh. And myself and another guy grabbed her, and right. we were able gotta, to finally pull her out. you got to get those things off of you. Yeah, not easy. It's not easy. you got to be careful. I, I've got, sh- you know, the special shoes you wear mm-hmm. that has the felt, the on, felt the on the bottom of them so you can walk on the rocks, rocks. you know, slip and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take that stuff seriously. Because, mm-hmm. well, look, I'm by no means am I a professional fisherman. Hey, hip waders are a good way to drown yourself if you're, yes, not, they are. If you're not careful. If you duck hunt, you're going to get wet sometime yeah. at all. I don't so. care who you are I, I, you're going to get wet well, at least in duck hunting you're not you're not, not generally dealing with swift water no but i, I, I know what he's talking about that, that old moss that grows on those on yeah the, it gets oh, yeah. slick as snot man yeah. oh man you just or as we that. like to say down here slick as goose snot mm. <laughs> i've never had any goose snot in my hand at any time in my life but i'm gonna tell you it just sounds slippery and you're just gonna take people's word i'll for take it. their word for it that's exactly right all right all right wayne's here tim is here And, of course, Paul is here. I'm here. You're here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back, and then we will talk further. We're going to pick up a couple of shootings over the weekend. One in Buffalo, New York, killed 10. Looks like, in this case, it really was a white supremacist. He had put out a manifesto about it, and uh, they had taken him in last year and given him a psych exam, and they didn't think he was dangerous. Well, they were wrong. But anyway, that just goes to show it's an inexact science, folks. You don't know what's going to trigger a person off. So anyway, uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about this uh, shooting that occurred out in California at a church, Presbyterian Church, and uh, the parishioners took care of the situation. He shot one person. The parishioners jumped on him, and they hogtied him using an extension cord. So good for them. That's Good, good way. Too bad they didn't have, uh, you know, some kind of security with guns, and they could have finished it off and saved us all a lot of money. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back and we'll do more. Let me remind you about uh, uh, Billy Mac and ICU Protection. ICU Protection. That's the protection system that uh, Nuke One has out in Russellville. It's the kind of protection system I have in my house. Every window, every door has uh, sensors. Uh, I've got two cameras at my house. One on the doorbell. That seems to be the new kind of cool thing to do. And the other one is up there on my uh, 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 driveway. You walk out of my my, uh, uh, garage 
and it sounds like a bird whistles at you <laughs> like that. And what that is, is that makes you look and you turn around, you look and you get a good picture of you right there so they can see you. And it does it twice. So um, anybody that comes to my house, I know they're there before they even get there, just so you know. Uh, and Billy Mack does it and does it right. Gentleman came out, did my house, did a fantastic job, got it all hooked up. Then he hooked it up to my phone, and now I can see everything to be seen right there on my smartphone. Give him a call. Ask him to come out and to help you out. 501-205-1333. You know, with the rampant rise of crime we've had, it uh, pays to probably have a little extra security at your house. 501-205-1333. And know this. You'll never pay for any of the hardware with ICU. Nope. Hardware is free. Just pay for the service. That's 501-205-1333. All right. So over the weekend, you'd had to be, you know, have your, your life in a hole or something that you didn't hear about the shootings that occurred. Uh, one very big mass shooting in Buffalo uh, where a young man, I think he's 18 or 19, oh, that, that's uh, all, all, all walked into a well. grocery store, and he he shot three people outside the store. They all died. Uh, then he walked in the store, started shooting people. A security guard uh, met him and fired several rounds at him, but... He was using military-grade armor, the shooter was, and uh, the bullets didn't stop him, and he killed the the guard, Mm. and then he killed uh, several more people inside the store. I should have called Ed Monk today and had him on with us, and he could have talked a little bit about uh, more specifics about this. But, uh, you know, this is a person, a young person, in fact, that... They had identified that was dangerous because he was posting things that were dangerous. He was saying that he was going to kill people on uh, on social media. Now, do I blame social media that it didn't stop him? No, although they did stop me from saying that uh, the virus started in Wuhan. <laughs> I got Facebook jail for that for a month. But uh, it's it's just kind of amazing to me uh, that he went in for a psychiatric eval, mm-hmm. and they didn't find anything about him that tipped him off that he was a dangerous individual. And they they allowed him right back into the gym, uh, general populace. And that's I've always argued this point, and I'll continue to argue this point. I don't think you can know that. You can't. That's you know, why. You that's why you're by. armed. Yeah, oh, and, and that that's is, why. Yeah, that's why I want my hand. <laughs> and that is one of the. Yeah. That is one of the reasons why. One of the best ways to stop these situations is for people, for good people, to be armed in the situation. And that's one of the things I think that you'll probably find that in in New York, is it's hard for people to be armed. And so we can we should probably at least partially blame the government for these people being killed. And not just to be armed, you really need to have some training too. Some, some well, right, well, because it's not, it doesn't training. work like it, it looks like in the movies. Guns are heavy. Handguns especially are hard to hit anything with. I mean, right. it is, some people may not realize that you can be 20 feet away from a door and miss it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm actually pretty good, and if I'm not kind of paying attention, I might literally miss a target the size of a door. 
from 20 feet away. And being they're, ex- they're hard to use. And to be an excited and excited situation, right. too. Right, and yeah, that makes it even worse. your system with adrenaline. Sure. Everything changes. People don't sure. realize that, but sure. everything changes. I can tell you, as a guy who has gone out on the range in the military and and shot you know, for score to make sure I got my marksman medal and mm-hmm. got it, and being in Grenada, and oh, I had a forty five is all I had, that uh, you're so jacked up. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you can do just about anything at that moment. You're, you're thinking, they call it the fog of war for a reason. Well, you have to, you have to have what they call muscle memory too, and and right, and, that, that uh, makes a big difference. And also, you have to understand that every every uh, uh, every bullet that goes down that tube, you're still responsible for it, whether mm-hmm. you didn't, you sure. know. Right, and that's so. that's one of the dangerous things about ever deploying a handgun or any kind of firearm is that bullets don't have any brains they go wherever you point them at when you shoot and, and also they can hit innocent people right and i think also you have to you have to have it mentally you have to have in your mind what you do in a situation mm-hmm. for instance if you have kids with you sure what do you do sure and and that's i think uh they term that as being set in your boundaries you know what are you willing to do mm-hmm. If a situation happens, right, and that's one of those. That's, that's some of those moral scenarios that you need. You need to figure out before they come upon you. And training doesn't stop at that initial training. Oh no, it's, no it's I a, think you need more more training the older you get, just because your, uh, you know, how you react changes. But the way you get that muscle memory is actually set a schedule that you actually go practice. And when you practice, practice. As though what would happen if you had to be, use your weapon, you know? Don't stand there and just reach in. You pull it out and you look at it, and then you take aim and then you fire. No, pull it out, bring it up, and start firing. See how That's well right. you do it at that point. What do you think, Tim, about all of this? You know, well, what do you think? What do you think we learned? From this guy that killed 10. Well, you have to compare it to the other shooting that we were talking about before the show, which is the one that took place in California at the Presbyterian Church. Yep. Kind of the same scenario. There wasn't a gun involved in terms of the bystanders. They had to, they had to hog tie the guy with an electrical cord. But obviously you have the people, the media, and they rush to cast blame, especially because it's, it's really tragic that with the – um, the frequency of a lot of these mass shootings happening, the first thing they try to do is they, they're chomping at the bit to find out, were they white? Were they black? Yep. Like, were they a white supremacist? And just so happens that in this scenario, it's like, we got one white supremacist. Woo! Well, they're ignoring what happened in California because, for example, um, I think that because of the body count, this one got a lot more attention. Um, yeah, obviously, it's a supermarket. Course. But in this case of the Presbyterian Church, it was all Asians. And the shooter was Asian. Mm. Now, crickets, right? Right. You don't want to cast aspersions. Oh, it's just a crazy person. Well, what, what was his race? Uh, it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that, oh, really? Because we can play this game, too. You look at the Virginia Tech shooter. He was Asian. You, you, you want to start playing this game of, okay, well, maybe the motive behind it had to do with like racial ties or whatever. The reality is... In both cases, anytime you have a public shooting, a mass shooting, it's always a tragedy. But at the heart of it, unless there's something where it's a it's an epidemic where you're having like these things happening every week where it's just one race over and over again where there's a clear motive, the manifestos are all aligned, and you actually have this kind of alignment of it, it all but just boils down to 
um, human frailty and, and our failings as people not necessarily being pinned on like particularly race race or not if they want to play the race game we can go all day playing that as well i mean there's lots of books by thomas soul that talk specifically about things that happen in urban cities where you look and the racial demographic points to one direction but that's not where a lot of people are willing to go or want to go or it's even appropriate in this manner sometimes the tragedy is that you have crazy people with crazy justifications for why they do it and it's tragic no matter how it plays you know what i think about when they go and start shooting up churches i think about the press secretary for the president that doesn't see anything wrong with people protesting in front of churches and things and saying some of the things that they say about the churches because they believe in life or they're painting stuff. If, if, you, uh, you, if you support life, we'll, we'll, we're going to go out and attack you and paint stuff on the buildings and all of that kind of stuff and, and don't speak out about it. Then, you know, I think a lot of, you know, all the negativity that we've heard about Christians and churches and stuff, I think it bleeds over in the people's psyches. Yeah, well, there's a permissiveness in terms of what they feel like they are emboldened to do. They're going to take it as far as they can. Well, it's like and it, it's it's not just the press secretary, and that's the thing I'm, I'm sad to say, but even the governor of Virginia, he's feckless because, I mean, they, he had, they had him, I think, twice on the news, and they said, you're the governor of Virginia. What do you think of these protesters going to the houses of justices that live in your state? And he's like, oh, so far the protests have been peaceful, and as long as they're maintaining what they need to do, it's Which like... Which is not right. We've had this long discussion Friday <laughs> on my show. Right. There is a federal law that it's not only judges, it's jurors as well. It's intimidation. It's That's the intimidation correct. of the people who are going to be making something, a very monumental decision. And for a Republican governor to do that, I think is equally shameful because it just emboldens them to take it as far as they can. And like you pointed out, I mean, even if you want to play this game of let's look at the law, what does it say? You can't even do that. You're already giving them more jurisdiction than it really allows for. All right. Got to take a break. We're through the first hour already on a Monday morning. Dave Ellswick Show. Come back with us after the news. We'll have more for you. We'll be talking about Finland. Finland told Russia, see, my IQ is one. All right. Said it right to Putin. We'll be back. We'll talk more about it when we get here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get it uh, going here for the uh, second hour. Don't forget we take a break at 8, come back at 9. So uh, don't forget about that. Don't just leave me hanging uh, at 8 o'clock. Just stick around and I'll be back with you for that final hour. Uh, a big thing happened over the weekend internationally, and that was Finland basically standing kind of eye to eye with Putin and saying, we don't care what you say, we're going to become part of NATO. We're going to ask to be part of NATO. Now, to become part of NATO, you got to understand, all 30 nations 
because that's how many people make up NATO, have to agree. It's unanimous. To, yeah, for oh, wow. you to be able to join NATO. Uh, I had read a small article over the weekend that Turkey uh, was thinking, nah, well, we don't want Finland in, but Finland's uh, president came out, out and said he had talked directly to the president of Turkey, and all of that stuff had been taken care of. Now, Putin said, well, they don't, they don't need to be part of NATO. They don't need to be part of NATO. And why does he say, did he say that? Well, he said that because they said they were abandoning their traditional policy of military neutrality. And since there are no threats to Finland's security. So let's just stop right there. Here's what the president of Finland said. Well, we didn't think we had any threats to, you know, at all. We, we share an 800-mile border with Russia. But, you know, Russia's got their military in the Ukraine right now. Hmm. We don't feel all that safe. So we want to be part of NATO. And uh, the uh, president of Finland told uh, Putin, if you want to figure out, you know, why we want to join NATO, look in the mirror. Basically, that's exactly what he said. I'm paraphrasing it. But he said, blame yourself, is what he said. Blame yourself for what you've done. So that's going to be kind of interesting how that that works over there. And I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm getting tired of this. I'm listening uh, to the news this morning, watching it. I get up early and, and start watching Fox and Friends just to kind of catch up on what's going on. And, you know... They start talking, well, you know, Putin says, or one of his minions say, and I like to say minion because it makes me think of those little cartoon characters that follow Gru, uh, and they're following Putin, uh, that say, well, Russia has tactical nuclear weapons. Yeah, they do. I know you're not making that up, but uh, you know what? Push may come to shove, folks. I'm just warning you right now. There is a difference between a tactical nuclear weapon and a full-scale, you know, international nuclear weapon, one that they would send over to the United States. They're not going to send a tactical. They're going to send over something that's going to decimate, you know, 30 miles in a, in a radius. Just boom. And you're not going to be able to live in it for another 90 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we're anywhere close to that. But uh, I just, I'd like to get how you all feel about this. I mean, the more we stay involved in Ukraine, and now let's say we uh, vote to let Finland get into to NATO, does the, does the nuclear clock move up? Does it move towards that that midnight hour that they always have been talking about since the first atomic bomb went off? I think it actually has something to do with, you know, Russia is by themselves, so is kind of China in there in one area. But whenever you you got more more nukes pointed at Russia and China from all around them, Finland and uh, and the other the other countries, the UK, uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. It's kind of like kind of like a Mexican standoff type thing to where. 
if I've got more guns pointing at you than can you, you got pointing at me. Can you say Mexican stand I just said. <laughs> I just question <laughs> like, all the time. Like I don't know what the, I can say and can't say. I just say it. I just said it. Yeah, you did good. You did good. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, and the whole concept of, and we've had this for years with Cold War, and then it got, we got away from it a little bit, but making sure that if the other side had a gun, your gun was bigger than their and gun. Or we got two or three of them. Yeah. You know, as far yeah, or or you got a lot more of their, their kind of guns. They got a gun, you got a Gatling gun, you know, whatever uh, that, that you have. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. People have always said that nuclear weapons would lead to more war. As far as I've seen, they've led to less war, at least less world war type thing so this this thing that uh, putin's got going on reminds me too much of the late 30s and nazism and and fascism that was going on with with germany at the time and you know people getting involved with with well, putin and, and, and i think i think the point about it reducing war is probably accurate it's it's one of those things that you know the very best possible way for militaries to be used is for the weaponry to fall apart and rot because you never use it. That's the best possible way for that for the for the machinery and equipment to be used for for it, for it to simply be a deterrent to war. It, the best possible way for for me to carry a Glock is for it to never leave the holster as far as from a defensive standpoint. That is the best possible scenario. We, we don't look at success as well. I use this clock to to kill five people to defend, to defend myself. No, that's not success. That's not not nearly the success as not having having ever to never never having to use it because it was so effective that no one ever attempted to attack me. That would be the ideal situation. And so, if if the only purpose that nukes ever serve is that they deter war, that's an awesome function. Um, unfortunately, they've actually been used in in Japan. But the thing is that that since then they haven't been used anywhere. All right, so how do how do we Tim, how do we respond to you know the Russian bluster? Let me let me read <laughs> let me read what the Russians said over the weekend. It's about cutting off their power supply. Russian officials have responded to Joe Biden saying that he would support Finland's NATO application. I support it uh, because it's a defensive posture. Russian officials responded with furious bluster, saying. They would reduce the U.S. to nuclear ashes if American th- America threatens the Russian state. You know, what are we supposed to make of all of that? I mean, is that like listening to, you know, Kim Il-jun talk to us from North Korea? I, I don't know. So I have a, my opinion on it. I don't state it very often because it's not very formulated. But I'm always skeptical of – I'm always skeptical of whatever the mainstream media supports – and I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care if I agree with it. The moment they start agreeing with it, I always question it. <laughs> and I have always been skeptical of why is it that everyone in – I don't even care if you're Fox News or CNN. Why is it that they're all agreeing that war with Russia is good? And I'm like, wait a minute. Something's not going well, right it, it, here. It would be profitable for media. Right. It would be profitable for a lot of your big industrialists. Right. I mean, it, that's, there's a lot of profit to be made there. And through, through war. And, and yeah. a lot of dead bodies. Yeah. But, but the thing is that, that yes, that's uh, 
media is going to benefit from war. The, the thing – and the reason why – I don't like giving Putin credit. The only credit I give him is that he's, a, he's shrewd in terms of being a tactician. I mean he has gone where he is for reasons that um, I think are pretty obvious just from the fact that he's made decisions that have put him in that place of power. But I was li- – I don't know how many of your listeners know about the World Economic Forum or the Great Reset or anything like mm-hmm. that. So the Great Reset is this idea that you have the World Economic Forum, and it's um, headed by – what's that guy? He looks like a James Bond villain. Um, But it's this idea of, well, as we go into this century, we have to start doing things on a united global scale to level the playing field. Global central Yeah, you're not not going to own anything. You will not own anything, and you'll be happy. So I was listening to these – podcasts that were kind of talking about it like is this just blowing smoke up or is it actually like something feasible and they said it is feasible but not at the moment and ironically because of three countries and they're the three countries that no one likes china russia north korea the three of those countries don't play ball you can't implement a great reset because in order for them to do it you'd have to have everyone on board and they all agree and i think the scary thing is they said you came close in 2020 with the whole COVID thing because suddenly, like, we're living in this crazy world where all the countries were like, you know what would be great? Mass lockdowns, camps where you could put people up, where they can, like, detox. Like, it doesn't sound great. Sounds like Masks Star Trek. everywhere, right? But those three countries, as long as you have countries in the world that will not play ball with it, you can't implement it. When it comes to Russia, my, my thinking is this, like, I sympathize with any country that's gone to war with the neighboring country, but what is our involvement with it? Like this, ha- this thing that happened last week where everyone was like, $40 billion to the Ukraine. I think that's the only time that people started waking up and started thinking, wait a minute, why? Like this is $40 billion. We're going through inflation right now. Do we need to give this money to a country where we're not technically at war with them? And then you have Dan Crenshaw being like, oh, no, we're at war with them. And I'm like, you need to watch – what you say, because as a Texan at the time, we voted for you. We did not vote for war. Like, and you represent us, and now you're going on the world on the stage saying that we're effectively at a proxy war with Russia. This whole thing, in my mind, I'm just like, I don't, I can't make heads or tails of it. I'm not an international uh, strategist when it comes to this type of policy, but I'm just very skeptical of everything that's well, happening. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what, what I just heard you say reminds me of the late 1930s in the United States where We're with, they with didn't Japan. want to get involved. With, well, they didn't want to get involved in Europe right. yeah. at all. I mean, America was isolationist. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't be isolationist anymore. We'll, talk, we'll come back and talk about this. This is a, a great topic to talk about. It really is. We'll take a break. Uh, don't forget about East End Towing. East End Towing wants you to, and I'm not a warmonger. Don't be sending me emails saying I'm a warmonger. Anyway, uh, what do you want to do if your car breaks down on the road? Do you have a number in your phone that allows you to take care of that? Well, you should. Oh, I've been talking about them for a long time, East End Towing. Uh, 501-888-8849. You put that number in your phone. So if you need a, a tow, you don't have to put East End Towing. Just put tow. That's all you got to do. Put tow and hit it, and you know you're going to East End Towing. And uh, they know what to do no matter the situation you're in. You may be on the side of the road and a tire went flat. You may be on the side of the road and your car won't go. You may be on the side of the road, your car would go fine, but your trailer that you're pulling in back of you, two of the tires blew out. What do you do now? Call East End Towing, 501-888-8849. 
All right, back with you. We're sitting here having this discussion right now. <laughs> if you if you listen during the break, we wouldn't have to have this discussion. So we, we, no, need, to have a, just we need to have a pay-per-view service for the, listening, for the break. Well, yeah, I, I need to do that. But I, I was just listening to what Tim had to say, and I had said earlier in the show that it's like we're in the end of the 30s again. It's just before World War II, Hitler saber-rattling. Hitler saying, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. We're going to go here, and then we're going to stop. He went down in Czechoslovakia and did, did what he did there. And he said, that's it. You don't have to worry anymore. Then he invaded Poland, and then hmm. well, all, and that, all hell and broke I, And loose, I think that's, right? that's, the, that's the question we have to ask is, is Russia going to stop with Ukraine, or are they going to go on and try to conquer the world? And if, if, yeah, if Mondovia and all those other if, little if, countries. If it's, if it's the latter, then I, I think then that, that could justify um, substantial U.S. action. But here's the key. You've got to make the decision now to do things to keep from that happening. You don't wait for it to happen. Biden already waited for him and to get into the Ukraine before he did anything. And, that, and that's and that's part of what has to be determined. And that this is probably going to be the, the very best time to stop it is is when it's still kind of but swelling. Why would he stop? What's that? Why would he stop? Move I don't know. There. I mean, why would he stop uh, if only he's going to get sanctions? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough well, about. They didn't the, even want to the, give him sanctions. They didn't even start the sanctions until they got into the Ukraine. As soon as you saw those tanks getting along the border, that's whenever you pull the trigger on those sanctions right then. Yeah. And that, I'm not talking about just a baby sanction like this. I'm yeah. Talking about, I'm talking about you throw a full-blown blockade. Says, we know <laughs> what you're doing. He even said that. We know what you're doing. Well, let's get this, let's get this straight here because it's the same way it was after World War I and we ended up in World War II. First... Uh, one big difference. We don't have a Treaty of Versailles sitting out there where we screw Germany over. I mean, Germany after World War One, they got screwed, folks, big time. Well, All right, and they like, were pissed off. Well, it sounds like Germany was in a position where they just couldn't they couldn't survive. They couldn't do nothing. Zip. I mean, Even. I forget how many. I mean, I forget how many. 5,000? I mean, 5,000 was the maximum amount of military they could have? You can't pro- protect your country mm-hmm. with a 5,000-member right. so, army. And so it's almost it like they would have been – if you're going to treat them like that, go ahead and just make them slaves. Just go oh, ahead and wow. auction them off and yeah, make them slaves. completely crush them. Right, completely crush them. What, what I'm saying is that, that it's, it's, it's kind of um, – unproductive to take someone and we're just going to tie their hands up so badly that they can't even survive go, go ahead and just but let, let's talk about what led to putin being able to do what he did all right the europeans god bless them but we're tied to them all right germany belgium all of those middle european nations where did they where did they decide to go and get all their energy from Apparently it was Russia. They went to Russia. That's exactly right. Russia f- found all that oil. And they've, they've had that oil since World War II. Mm-hmm. Look, Hitler wanted that oil during World War II, and Stalingrad stopped him. Mm-hmm. Okay? But the bottom line was they wanted that oil. Mm-hmm. They've had that oil. But Putin comes along after uh, a lot of the, the dingbats they had and develops it. And then starts building pipelines and starts pumping it to, to England, or not to England, but to, to Germany and all those, uh, those countries, France and all the rest of them. And what do they do? They get on the teat, man. They're on the teat. 
On it. And, it, and it if, can, if if Russia cuts the oil, what happens to them? You're just you're dead in the water. That's right. So it's they it. let them get away with a bunch of crap. Well, and you, you have to if, when, when you get yourself so so um, behind a barrel. That, that's good. That was a did you did over you a barrel. To, did you intend to make that a pun? That's a good pun. That's a good pun. You understand what I'm talking about, Tim? What yes, I'm saying here? absolutely. Yeah, and I think Crenshaw sees this. I stop where he says it's a proxy war. I can kind of understand why he says that because we're pouring in a lot of other countries now too. Mm-hmm. Are pouring a lot of of our own reserves now into to uh, Ukraine, but somewhere you got to put your foot down. I mean, if we had put our foot down in Poland, all of Europe wouldn't have been aflame. It just would not have been aflame like it was. I think the big question, though, is is now this is where the China question comes in. If you had asked me which of the two countries is more likely to have a, a grand vision of domination, world domination, oh, China, China by far. By far. Is Russia's end goal world domination, or is it we have to reclaim the motherland? I think the two are two very separate things, because if it's just, we're going to try and get these little tiny countries that were once part of us. It's a, it's a, it's a long story, but you know we really do think they need to come home. We don't really want to involve you. You guys need to stay out. Then in that case, I do think that, if that is the case, I do think that it should be an isolationist policy, because that does not concern us. That's, those are wars over there. Now, if it's different, where it's in the case of, let's say, World War II, where you have a two-front war, one theater and another theater, and the goal is, hey, we're going to team up and we're going to take over the world together, then it does concern you because, like, no, 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 whether you like it or not, once they start getting these other countries, you're going to be involved whether you like it or not. I think the big thing is this. I think my opinion would change if, if tomorrow China's like, you know what? Hey, Russia, I like what you're doing over there in Ukraine. Let's take over Taiwan. Uh, just, China just scares wait. me. They're, wa- they're watching, believe me. Oh, I know. And I think that's where, like I said, I haven't formulated an opinion because there's so many moving parts. And I do think that anything that we don't do preemptively that does concern the Ukraine is going to be a preemptive excuse for China to take over Taiwan, in which case we are going to be involved because I do, I'm do. i more scared of China than I am of Russia. More resourceful. They're All more right. resourceful and they're more ambitious in terms of what they want. And we yeah. have to be careful not getting to a slippery slope. Here right, too. correct. Yeah, get close to that mic. Move close to the mic. I think we just need to be careful about getting on to a slippery slope. And uh, and we've seen what China did during the during the COVID issue mm-hmm. is that we basically still doing shut it. off. We see right now mm-hmm. the the ships that are sitting off off the coast of California and some of these other places that came from China that you couldn't even get Christmas okay. presents for your kids. All right, we got a hold. I got to give you another part of that story. Oh, no. I got another part of that story you're going to not like. All right, uh, 7.30, let's get a break in here. We're into a serious discussion now. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Here's Bill O'Reilly. Um, we're, we're, all right, we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're sitting in here talking away <laughs> here on the on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is what goes on during the break. Just want you to know. All right, let's go to the phone. We got Neil on the phone. Let's let him chime in. He wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on as far as Taiwan. Go ahead, Neil. Well, good morning, sir. Yes, everybody's thinking that, oh, if China invades Taiwan, we're going to get involved. If you go to the State Department's website, we have never recognized Taiwan as a separate country. We recognize Taiwan as part of China. And we have too much in stake, not us as a country, but the NBA, the WWE, 
I mean, you have some of these people who John Cena, who has spoken out for Taiwan and then had to take it back because money's involved. Where money is, money speaks. We will not get involved if China invades Taiwan at all. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'm going to go ahead and let him go, and we'll we'll continue the discussion here amongst ourselves. I do think we get involved if China decides that they want Taiwan. Now, the Chinese general, I forget what his name was, back about 15 years ago asked a very big question. It should have, it should have made all of our antenna go up, you know, like my favorite Martian or whatever. And that was... L.A. or Taipei, which is most important to you? I mean, that was a direct question about military get, getting into it with, uh, with the Chinese. And sooner or later, hey, it's just like, it's, it's exactly like Patton said after World War uh, II. Give me, give me a week and I can have us a war going with the Rus- Russians because we're going to have to beat them now or beat them later. And he was right. He was right. He knew, he knew what Stalin wanted to do. He wasn't stupid. They could look and see that. I mean, uh, Korea, another example. They knew what the, the Chinese wanted to do. You know, and then, of course, Truman got his panties in a wad because MacArthur said, well, we've got nuke weapons. They don't. <laughs> see that? I agree with that, you know, at that point in history. I agree with that. If you wanted to, if you, and that was a good point in Korea, is that they, uh, that's why they stopped at 38th parallel, one of the reasons. Uh, and, and he was ready, MacArthur was ready to go on in and said, let's just go ahead and well, let's we get it, it done with. Yeah, we're in, a, we've got the momentum, let's do it, you know. Well, you got going. Yeah. I think Neil had a good point, though. For I know where he's coming from in terms well, of. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, in terms of the Chinese, yes. like we have so much tied up in terms of like basically our politicians, the they're dirty and they basically have so much invested no. can in I China. Say no. Can I say no? Can I say <laughs> supply chain? But. The politicians are also, and I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. My my four years in politics, I've learned that there's so much dirt on both sides. But I would not give it up to them. I, I would not get past them to have any excuse to go to war, even if it's a fellow, if it, even if it's a bedfellow um, that they're get that they have a financial interest in. It does not surprise me at all. Well, I forget what company it was. They've been talking about this, and they make a lot of the defense stuff for us but they're also in bed with the chinese making stuff folks it's been going on forever go back to world war ii at&t all right at&t had a corporate office in washington dc and they had a corporate office in berlin they work they play both sides of the coin and big corporations do it today all day long at&t was working on our sonar Mm -hmm. making it better and on the other side, they're sharing all that information in Berlin. And they're making it so that, uh, you know, the wolf packs out in the Atlantic don't have to worry about our sonar. And they still do it. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's just something well. that you need to re- need to read history. I'm just saying, because as they say, as you walk through, you know, uh, up there in Ohio, through the uh, Museum of, of uh, Aerospace, at the end, as you walk out, it's, I forget, was it Santiago or whatever the guy's name is who said, those who refuse to learn from history are bound to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And it's true. 
I'm just telling you, we're at the same place we were at the beginning of World War II right now. All right. I asked someone to come and join us today, and here we are talking about Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> close. That's close. And that's all right. Uh, now, you know, Conway's a little closer to Taiwan. Let, let's talk about uh, John Taylor. He is here. He's District 5. He's working for to be District 5 uh, uh you know, uh, public, what, what is it? Uh, JP. JP. Justice yeah, of the JP. Peace. Uh, Get a little closer and to it's not just because he wants to have some kind of ability to perform weddings. I know that. <laughs> John, what is it about District 5 that gets you uh, going, gets, your, gets your, uh, your adrenaline running? Well, I think like a lot of us, you're, I mean, fed up, I guess, would be the statement I would use. Uh, being a voter for 22 years, I've not really seen a whole lot of people um, they say they share my value, but really when they go to vote, it doesn't reflect that. And so when you look at District 5, which if you're in Conway listening, you, you know that's uh, Round Mountain down to Donahue to Salem to German, and 9,800 people. And uh, 60% of them are registered voters, and they are hardworking people. And they're to the point now where inflation has really impacted their everyday life. And so while I can't, as a justice of the peace, impact national or even state policy, but I can protect county policy. I can help with taxes. And so you've heard this term, Dave, a lot, a fiscal conservative. Well, that I am, but the problem is you hear that and then they go vote the other side. And so that's something I'm, I'm to a point where I'm, I'm over, but I'm also willing to do something about it, which is run for office. Okay, you're not one of those people that believes, well, it's all right uh, to control spending if we can raise t- taxes over here. I mean, revenue neutral, you know that, that term? Yeah, and how is that control? <laughs> um, no, I believe – now, let's, let's kind of talk about what a conservative is. There, there's a misconception. People will say we don't want to spend money. That's not really true. It's like we want to know why we're spending money. I'll give you an example. Um, my kids wanted a dog. And my wife is even even more conservative than I am. She goes, well, okay, guys, <clears throat> if you want a dog, present to us why you want a dog. That, in, that will improve. cost analysis, a vet, knowing that when you get a nine-week puppy, it's like having a new baby. So they had to present all this information to us and why they wanted a dog. Well, they got that dog because they presented information. We began to ask them questions. They answered those questions. That's what a conservative is. Okay. And so that's what I want to bring to the, to the quorum court is why do you want that? Just because you want that and you have pretty photos doesn't mean you're going to get it. And so Conway's city has liberally spent their money. And so foolishly, uh, uh, foolishly might be a strong term, but it's in the, it's in the category. It's in <laughs> no, the ballpark. It's not. It's not. Um, what was that Christmas tree they bought? Uh, why, why all the traffic circles? I the, mean, come on. Well, the traffic circles are great as an offensive driver. Yeah. Uh, but the, the Christmas tree, don't get me started on that. And then the aquatic vote. Conway is a mess. But anyway, go, the, the, yeah, we'll, the, we'll get away the, from that. The court is a so, I, so not to confuse city for county, I, I wouldn't be able to have any say with that. But my point is we've got people who are saying they're conservatives, but not, their voting record doesn't reflect that. And I understand you have to work on both sides of the aisle, and I'm willing to do that. But you're not going to compromise my values because you want your values compromised. So at this point, my way of doing something about it is getting involved. 
Look, I've spent 22 years as a voter frustrated. So 17 years of those 22 years, I was really frustrated, and I did not articulate it until I got diagnosed with ADHD and taking Stratera. And now I'm able to listen. And so I spent a lot of my campaign listening. You know, Dave, it's funny. When you put your email address out there and phone number, people are going to call you. People are going to no. people get a hold of you. And so <laughs> I've been able to really? listen to people. And, and, and they've been telling me their frustration, which is no different than what I hear on your show every day. But they want to know what I want to do about it. Well, what I want to do is listen, first of all. But let's remember, I'm not just a candidate. I'm a voter, right? Like, I, I know how it is. I want someone who's going to represent my values, not the values of a necessarily of a party as much as just personal. Now, I'm a Republican, obviously. I'm a conservative. Like, I, I share those values at the end of the day. You follow, you follow the platform? Absolutely. Okay. But what I want to do is work with people everywhere I can because I believe if we're all in the quorum court right now and, I, and we're working well together who does that benefit the people and so I don't see the whole well, lot of that it might depend on, on what we're working on but but so so what is it that you'd like to to, to see changed what would you do differently well I mean obviously I've talked a lot about the, the physical side of it I, I want to see that process change like a thought process implemented the other thing is I want to see um, more I have to have a conversation yesterday with an officer I, I won't be able to name but she was telling me, for example, the Faulkner County Sheriff's Department, they work 17 holidays, or they have 17 holidays, and if they get working on those holidays, they don't get paid for holiday pay. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to see is us evaluate how we're taking care of our, our LOEs, our officers who protect us, mm-hmm. who go out there every day in, in the danger. That's one thing I'm not hearing enough about. I mean, you hear people as a Republican platform say that, but when you hear an officer tell you that, clearly that's not being uh, in their best interest. There's a homeless issue in our county uh, that I want to help address. Um, So there's a gentleman, Dr. Philip uh, Fletcher, who who does great work. He's a friend of mine. And and Coho. And so as a citizen, all I can do is is serve, right? And that's great. I can volunteer. But as a public official, I can help him get into the ears of senators and congressmen and help some grant writers, some information come his way. And that's another thing I want to be is a resource for people. I don't want to just serve in a in a body. I want to be out with people and serve as and like someone who can give them resources. So there's the thoughts that I have, you know, being able to serve in the church world for 15 years I have, kind of translates in the public arena in the sense of that serving ship. But really, I just want to bring common sense back. All right, let me jump in last my my last question and let you guys finish up another couple of questions, and that is this. I think the fourth point of the platform is very important. Let me just read it. Individual freedom and liberty secured by a limited government. What are you willing to cut? Well, I think the thing I would want to cut is, first of all, I'd want to look at all the salaries in our county. I want to see if now, – now, understand – I'm one of 13 votes. Sure, I understand that. And, and I'm asking it, you as an individual. But for me, I, I want to see how the county works. Like, there's information that I can view online, but as you know, a quorum court member, there'll be more information that I don't have as a citizen. I want to see how we're spending our money, while we're spending our money. That's important to me. I, it, look, if we're going to be in this inflation era, then it's more important than ever to not tax. Do you realize, you know this because you're a smart guy. We're a third in sales tax in the country at 9.51. Yep. We're a tenth point behind Louisiana for 9.52. So why are we taxing the fire out of people when we can't even afford to almost live? Now, we know that's a liberal trick, right? But, but still, us Republicans have set back and let it happen. 
Right. Well, we've got too many too many people who claim to be Republicans, and they're not giving us answers about how how are we going to cut government. We want specifics. Mm-hmm. How are you are you going to are you going to cut out some of these recreational programs? Are you going to cut out some of these parks? Are you going to cut out um, some of these different bureaucratic agencies? What is actually what is something you actually want to cut? Well, I can't answer that directly because I'm not a public service yet. I can tell you I want to look at the analysis and figure out what we can cut. Like some of the things that I'm hearing. Um, the new county jail in Faulkner County. Uh, I've met with a couple of JLPs to give me more information about that. I would be closer to saying yes to that, but you know that's $25 million that the, the county's going to have to come up with. And so I was afforded that information how they would build that in phases, so I'm a little more comfortable with that. Uh, but like, for example, the, the Aquatic Center in Conway, no information was given. I asked. I emailed. I know this. There was no information. And so that's my thing. It ain't a matter of spending money as much as it is while we're spending. And then can we talk about if we have a better idea, can we throw it out on the table? So I can't give you an exact example other than I really um, have a desire to look at the budget and see what we can do to not spend. Because if you develop that concept to answer your question, then that becomes a principle across the board and you start asking those questions. I'm just not hearing those, those questions asked, and that's what concerns me as a citizen, uh, as a dad, as a husband, future generations, because this inflation thing ain't going away, unfortunately. Right. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. Find out what's happening with the Travs. I'm Stephen Davis, and this is your Travs Report. Travs were no hit yesterday in San Antonio in the finale of the series and the 12-game road trip. 4-0 was the final score as four San Antonio Missions pitchers combined on the no-hitter. Travs, in fact, didn't have a base runner until the eighth inning with two out when Cade Marlowe drew a walk. But Lake Bakker pitching the first three innings, Moises Lugo the middle three, Carlos Balin the seventh and eighth, and then Kevin Copps pitching the ninth. He did issue a walk with two out, but they no-hit the Travs as San Antonio wins the game 4 to nothing, and they win the series 4 games to 2. Travs finished the road trip to the state of Texas with 5 wins and 7 defeats. Stephen Kolek, the Travs starter on the other side, pitched pretty well himself into the 7th inning, but was charged with 4 runs, 3 earned, and took the loss as the Travs were no hit and shut out for the 5th time this season. So the Travs take tonight off. They'll be back at it tomorrow night, opening a two-week, 12-game homestand at Dickey Stevens Park tomorrow night, 635, first pitch. Hope to see you out at DSP. If you can't make it, we've got it for you over on 93.3 The Fish with the pregame show beginning at 620. Emerson Hancock, one of the top prospects in baseball, is expected to come off the injured list for the Travs and be the starting pitcher tomorrow night in the series and homestand opener against the Naturals. Again, Travs shut out and no hit yesterday in San Antonio, 4-0 the final. I'm Stephen Davis. This is your Travs Report. Back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. John, Ty- is it Tyler or Taylor? It's Tyler. But Tyler, I want to make sure. You want to call me? It's your show. <laughs> uh, I, just, you know, I wanted to make sure. I've been I've been known to to say names wrong from time to time here on the show. Uh, John Tyler is with us. He's running for JP District Five out in Faulkner County. He wanted to come on today. He wanted to talk to me about that. He, I got a, a really cool email from him, and he said. Can I get on your show and talk? I'm running for district five. I wrote back and said, "Yeah." <laughs> In fact, I think I didn't think so. I didn't say yeah. I said, "Yep." <laughs> and, and that was at midnight on Friday night, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. So apparently, you're late out as well. On Friday, yes. Rest of the week, no. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm hitting the rack at about nine o'clock any other night of the week. But uh, on Friday, I I decide to stay up at four, so that four, that four o'clock wake up call. Yeah. Oof. It's harsh. 
really is harsh. All right, so we've talked a little bit about what you want to do as far as as as, as cutting government and things like that that nature. You want to see all the facts and figures first. Yeah, and as the unfortunate side of me coming in as just a citizen and not an incumbent, I don't have access to that information. Uh, although I've been to meetings and watched meetings for many, many times, I just need to get that information before I can decide what I need to know. I know from a general term, I want to ask the right questions. Now, I want to make sure that what we're spending money on is the right thing. Not that we can't spend money, but at the same time, we've got to figure out what we're spending money on because times ain't getting easier for folks. And I think we have to consider that. And this whole CARES Act thing, how are we going to uh, appropriate that? that? That's probably the biggest element of my job. And there's road conditions. There's public safety. Uh, I'll tell you this. The, the biggest reason I'm running, and you'll appreciate this as a conservative, I want to preserve our great community while making it better. But what, what's not making it better is all this stuff you're hearing from the far left trying to penetrate us, right? And so what I've learned as a citizen, I can't protect my family and my community as a citizen alone. It's public office that really can make that impact. And so I want to preserve our community while making it better. And the way I do that is I combat these things that are coming at us. That's my commitment. Because here's reality. This stuff ain't stopping. And look, it's, it's crazy. All the things we're hearing about. Um, Conway is a special and unique community. And as a gatekeeper is what I would view myself. It's, it's going to be my responsibility to make sure uh, people are prosperous. And one way to keep that prosperous is we've got to unify. And so we have to understand that there's just things that are going to come at us. And we've got to figure out real quickly where we stand. Now, the thing you're going to know about me super quick is I know where I stand. I've got no problem voicing that. I've had to learn how to articulate it when I had ADHD was telling you about, and I've had to learn how not to be frustrated about it. Because what does frustration do? It does nothing. We're talking about all these other countries and these wars. You're talking about, you made the statement about a communist country, they turn you against each other. Mm-hmm. Tell me a time in our country's history where we've been more against each other than right now. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for a, a, a terrorist country to come in and do some stuff. We've got to figure this out quickly. And so what I want to do is work within my constituents or soon-to-be constituents and work for the people and just go hard. I mean, we're even on each other at midnight, and, and while we were doing that, I was having a discussion with my daughter about the repercussions of getting a dog, right? Yeah. So there's reasons why you ask those questions. She came in our bedroom, and she was mad because the dog woke her up. I said, well, Reese, that's what we were trying to tell you. There's consequences to spending money. And so that's, that's probably my biggest point of running, but I, I truly want to be a gatekeeper for our community. And look, I've been in the church world for 15 years, and that's great, but I can't be a true gatekeeper the way I want to be unless I'm in public office. So I'm hoping to get elected. My opponent's great. We've had good conversation. Um, I voted for his wife, Rose, and you asked me why. Well, because she's looking to, at a state legislative level, to have impact at a local level. So hearing that... It's my heartstrings because as a local guy, I care about the local scene. So there's that. And so I'm looking to work with pretty much everyone who I work with. But that doesn't mean I'm going to compromise my values because we can talk to each other. It just means we can talk to each other. All right. Got a website? I have a – well, yeah, I do. It's on – just go to my Facebook page and you'll see it there. Uh, Johnny D. Tyler is my Facebook page. And um, I'd love for anyone to DM me. Uh, my information contact wise is on there, and trust me, my district of 9,800 people—not all 9,800 people—but quite a few have contacted me. We've had coffee. I've spent a lot of time just listening, because I think, as you can relate to this, that's what we're not hearing. Like our politicians, our candidates, not listening to us. So I've been doing that, and yeah. it's been interesting what I've heard. All right, he's running. He's on the ballot. 
It's primary time right now. We've got to take a break, then I'll be back in an hour, 9 o'clock. Stick around for that. And again, that is Johnny Tyler, mm-hmm. District 5. Find him on Facebook, and he's got more information for you there. We'll be back after the news and our, uh, our program dealing with your money. o'clock hour on a monday and uh, paul hung around so he'll join me during this hour we got some local stuff to talk about first let's talk about senator john bozeman there are there's information out that that john bozeman has suffered a stroke john bozeman has suffered a heart attack etc etc none of that is true i have been in touch with uh, bozeman's folks in uh, uh, Washington, D.C., and Sarah, who I deal with her, Sarah Lazur, uh, told me that if you're hearing about the, the, that the uh, senator is sick, it is misinformation, and it's not by accident. There are the, the other campaigns are passing this information out on purpose. So keep that in mind. I want you to keep that in mind because early voting is going on right now i'd hate you hate for you to you know go out and and change your vote or whatever because you think that the senator is sick he is not sick he is fine and uh if anybody says how do you know say dave ellswick said so on his show he's been talking to the people in dc from john bozeman's office i mean i I guess the only other best way I could do this is if I called John personally and, and talked to him. Yep, I'm good. Yeah, you know, so I'm just letting you know. He's, the senator's all right. And I may ask Sarah if the senator will come on later this week sure. and just, look, I'll just have him on and say, John, tell everybody you're okay. Dave, I'm okay. Thank you for joining us today, <laughs> Senator Bolson. No, I don't know. <laughs> if I get him on, there'll be more questions than that. But bottom line is... Uh, the senator is fine. He's doing fine. All right. The other thing that uh, I have been uh, getting uh, together uh, during that last hour, uh, the secretary of state, John Thurston, I asked him what are the numbers now for early voting? We've got one weekend now as of today. And the number of Arkansans who have voted for the first week is 65,000. 572. 65,572. That's the, uh, the last uh, compilation of, of, of votes that they have. I asked about early voting and uh, House 2022 going versus 2020 and, and that. And let me uh, move here on my setup go back and just read to you what Thurston said directly to me so you'll know what's going on. The 2022 numbers are down compared to 2020, 
but turnout in presidential years is always higher. If you compare 2022 to 2018, that would have been the last off-year election. Uh, the early vote numbers are up across the state. And I, I would have figured that with Sarah running, uh, you know, and uh, so many people running for constitutional offices this time, that the early voting numbers would be up from uh, four years ago. Right. So, and so that's, that sounds fairly consistent. Population grows. And so the, the, vote, to- <clears throat> Sorry. the vote total should be up. Uh, compared to another office. Yeah. I, now, I don't know how far they're up, John. They can get into the specifics of that. Um, I I asked for percentage. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't able to get that for me uh, yet as of this time. But anyway, that's there for you to know. 65,572 early uh, votes thus far uh, in the first uh, week. So early voting uh, began on the 9th. Uh, here we are on the 16th. Uh, and it will go through, uh, you know, the last day, I guess, would be the 23rd, which is yeah, the I'm not, I'm Monday sure. before do, do they actually do early voting day. on Mondays? Or? I don't know. I, I don't remember how but, they do. So then, of course, you can vote on, on Tuesday. We, we're eight days away from election now. It's the 24th, <clears> which <throat> is a week from tomorrow, just so you right, are so, aware. So study up. Yeah, I'm... I'm do do vote now. Here here's key. If you're just going to stand in front of a machine and go, any, 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 well, any. I know him and he's a nice guy, and you're going to vote like that. Don't vote. You don't know the issues or anything. Personally, I'd rather you didn't vote. Mm-hmm. But um, if you know, if you've if you've gotten yourself up on the issues, if you've uh, looked into the candidates at least some, then. Uh, Please feel free to exercise your right to vote. It's a, it's a big responsibility. Yes, this it is, is. This is not something that – it's not picking your favorite American Idol um, contestant. This is this is a serious issue. This yeah, is, I don't care if – you know, when you vote, if you vote on the issues, that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be saying, well, that's my next-door neighbor. I've known them right. for 20 years. They're nice people, but you've never, ever discussed politics with right. them. Right. Yeah, he's a great guy. He make, He's really good at – He makes uh, a good neighbor. Yeah, he makes – well, he makes good barbecue. <laughs> or he, he keeps his yard up nice. Well, that, that's not necessarily the same as – Well, that means that he's, he's a good neighbor. Yeah. Doesn't mean he'll be a good state rep. You know, that's, that's something to keep in mind. So anyway, let me give you that number again so you can share it with your friends. A little over 65,000. Here's the way I put it. 65,000 plus change have cast ballots now. So if if we keep on going the way we were doing, it would be about 130,000 early votes, just so you'll, you'll know. Okay, so well, what else do we want to talk about? I told uh, Paul we'd talk about this. Uh, the story that is out there right now, the Daily Mail has this, as well as the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I talked a little bit about it on Friday. It's an, it's an important story because I, you hear me say this all the time. If you're a company, you go woke, you may go broke. Uh, Disney is finding this out the hard way. I mean, they really are finding this out the hard way. Uh, they lost... Uh, here in the last few months, $65 billion. Wow. $65 billion. Now, they're, 
you know, they're multiple billions of dollars rich, all right? However, even Disney, no matter how much money they come on, uh, come into, are going to to notice $65 billion going. You know who else is going to notice? Stockbrokers, mm-hmm. stock buyers. Stock they're the people, yeah. yeah, they're the people that are really going to notice it. And they probably would wish their company would just shut their mouths and, uh, and get on with life. That's why, who hasn't said anything uh, dealing with this leak uh, from the, uh, the Supreme Court over overturning Roe v. Wade? Disney. Disney. Disney hasn't said a word. That I mean, interesting. they have paid a harsh penalty having their tax structure changed in mm. the state of Florida now. And, uh, and I, I heard thousands upon thousands of people dropped uh, Disney Plus. I got rid of it. Right. I'm not going to have anything to do with them anymore. If they're going to push a leftist agenda, I'm not giving them my money. I'm getting to the point. Well, I'm very picky about which movies I go to see mm-hmm. because I'm not going to give them my money. Nothing. Well, it irritated me. I went and saw Doctor Strange. I love Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is one of my favorite comic book characters when I was younger. However, you know, having one of the major characters wearing an LBGTQ plus pin through the whole movie irritated me oh wow and who started off the movie by talking about her parents dying and it was two moms i got problems with that i mean i don't want that in my movies especially you know marvel comic book movies don't need that and if that's what you want to do then count me out i'm done i'm history wow i'll go see top gun three times instead of twice That is, that is I'm kind of, surprised. Hey, the, the initial reviews for Top Gun are through the roof. Mm. And who's playing in that? They, well, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Okay. I mean, they even they even admit it's jingoistic. All right, it's pro-American. That's what mm. that word means, yeah. basically. All right, it's it's very very pro-American. So was it in the 1980s when it first came out? Yeah, I thought recruitment. I thought played, I thought recruitment for the Navy went up like 30 percent. Okay. People wanted to be in the Navy. What they forgot is just because you went in the Navy didn't mean you got to drive a jet doesn't work that way all right no there's not 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 very many people get that designation i i i test it i want i would i would have gone to jet school if they'd offered it to me but uh they they gave me an eyesight evaluation i found out my my uh, depth depth perception Perception. wasn't good enough for Mm -hmm. them it was good he told me yeah you can you're not going to run into a mountain dave but uh, you might run into a mountain if you're going 600 miles an hour <laughs> you know that kind of a thing so i i did, i couldn't become uh, a jet jockey now my my son uh, john the one that passed away last year went into the navy he wanted to be in the submarine corps hmm. he, and uh, he didn't get to do it you know why why because you got to work on the uh, the nukes uh, nuke reactor right. perhaps he's colorblind oh and you got to know what a red wire wires. looks like to yep. a green wire because if you cross wires, bad things Some, can happen. Yep, that's a problem. So they, yep. uh, he, he ended up in uh, in intelligence wow. and, and doing things. He started off in Road to Spain. But anyway, just so you know, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that movie, and it's gotten tremendous early hmm. reviews. That's just interesting. I mean, from people that I would have never thought would give it a positive hmm. review. 
just because of their ideological viewpoints. Interesting. But they're doing it, uh, doing it right Jack, now. So, so, so is that, are those movies going to be almost forty years apart, or thirty? 30 yeah, years thirty-six apart? years. Thirty-six years apart. Thirty-six wow. years. Yeah, of course. Uh, Tom Cruise plays Maverick, same character he played initially. Mm-hmm who's going through the training, Top Gun training. Now he comes back to be an instructor. Mm. So it's in there. Uh, Kelly McGinnis is not in it this time. Uh, Conley, Jennifer Conley, is in it this time. He, she's kind of the, the love interest. In fact, I watched the movie again Saturday, the original, mm. and they're talking in the uh, cafe, and they mention the commander's daughter's name, uh, was it Jenny? Jenny something, I think it is. And anyway, she's the she's the new love interest in this uh, movie. Is it the he's, same he's, character? He's, or is it just he's the, like, no, it, it, you didn't just, even see the character in okay. the first movie. They just mentioned okay. her as a, so she so she, she was, grows up and now she's now they, yeah they they found a new, she's a new, serious with her again. They, so they, they found a new back. pretty girl for for Tom Cruise. The only other original member of the movie uh, that's back is Val Kilmer. The Iceman is back, and uh, he's a commander now. I think he's an admiral, and he's the one who who calls on Maverick to come back and to mm. teach these pilots. There's going to be some kind of warfare in this. I'm kind of interested to see, see it. See what the um, who the enemy is going to yeah, be. Yeah, huh? I'm kind of interested to see what it's all going to be about. So anyway, that's coming up uh, in uh, this weekend, is it, or next weekend? Maybe next weekend. Memorial Day weekend, perhaps, that it's coming up. 19 after 9. Paul's here. I'm here. Dave Ellswick's show. Got more to talk about here on the show. Stick along with us. We'll go to 10 o'clock here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. Now, we talked a little bit about this story on Friday. I kind of started leaning towards it, and then I got a little bit away from it. Uh, And now we're going to come back to it. Netflix has finally launched a crackdown on woke workers trying to silence artists such as Dave Chappelle. The streaming service dished out a new cultural memo telling their staff if they are offended by the content, they can leave the firm. Okay, now let's remember what happened here. A lot of people uh, that worked for uh, Netflix started raising, you know, H-E double ox sticks because of Dave Chappelle, because he does uh, trans jokes in his uh, uh, particular stand-up routines and stuff, and they got they got really upset with it, and they they walked out of work and and all kinds of stuff. And Netflix put up with it; hmm. they let them come back to work. But now they have decided that look, if you don't believe in what Chappelle does or any of our other artists, uh, they're warning their workers now they will not censor specific artists or voices even if employees consider the content harmful. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, that's um, kind of what, what do you do if you're a publisher? Sometimes it's like I publish stuff even if you even even though you disagree with it. It's just part of the business. Yeah, well, woke employees say you shouldn't publish it. Right. That's what they'll say. The Wall Street Journal said uh, and reported, for Netflix, the company spokesman said employees were given a chance to offer feedback on the new cultural guidelines. He said the company received more than 1,000 comments, which helped shape the new part of the memo. 
Netflix is coming off of, of a very disappointing quarterly report last month, which showed that it lost subscribers for the first time in over a decade. Now, let's stop right there. We'll pick up the story in just a second. Why did they lose subscribers? Well, there's two reasons, I believe. One is COVID. Hmm. COVID stopped the movie industry in its tracks. Hmm. They, couldn't perf- uh, they couldn't produce anything basically new. It was almost impossible. Sets were shut down and everything. And people weren't going to the theaters. Yeah. And people, well, this is Netflix, this is TV. All right. So you're talking television here. But if you can't produce new content, why would people bother? Why keep watching? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if anybody else is like me, but I think Netflix has become very much a, a pale pale comparison of what it was before they uh, they had uh, the the covid shutdown look i don't it doesn't bother me if netflix wants to you know do shows that are just completely off what i would even be interested in mm-hmm. but you better balance that out with things that i would want to watch because if you, you don't i'm it? not going to subscribe yeah, you, you, you may you may pay for a service that provides a bunch of stuff you don't want but if it doesn't provide anything you do want then why bother yeah then why have it so uh a lot of the shows that are out there uh that i really got into uh just they're not doing new stuff i like a lot of the the kind of uh what was the one the one about the uh the wall the, the dark wall between the kingdoms and all of that. Mm. I kind of like that kind of stuff. And it's a political drama, mm. basically, and things of that nature. And I kind of like to watch that kind of stuff. I found a new show starting Friday. I don't know. Heidi, maybe you watched some of it. Did you watch uh, The Lincoln Lawyer yet? Did you, happen, did you happen to watch The Lincoln Lawyer yet? Okay, it's really good. It's good. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it's as good as McConaughey's movie, but it's good. It's pretty good. I've I've enjoyed it, and uh, you know I've been kind of binging it over the weekend, watching three or four episodes a day, and it's uh, it's 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 entertaining. It's a procedural mm. thing. It's about a lawyer. All right, and if you like court cases and that kind of stuff, you'd like this. And so um, I'm keeping up. I'm keeping up with that. But that's the first new one they've had in quite a way, a, 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 a long time since uh, the Last Kingdom came out finally with their final season. And I don't. And no, don't ask me. I don't know when the movie's coming out. They said movie's been filmed, but I they haven't said when they're going to release it. So what am I waiting for next? Well, I'm waiting for August. And I'll be watching on HBO. I'll be watching uh, uh, the new uh, Game of Thrones spinoff dealing with the Targaryens, who are the the family that came to power during their time uh, because they uh, had dragons. So I'll be I'll be watching. It's like, like they had nuclear weapons, and the other side didn't. So anyway, I'll be watching for that. But a lot of that has been held up. Because of COVID. Mm. So, you know, they didn't have new stuff. The second reason I think Netflix is running the problems is they listen to, they listen to their workers more than they listen to what their, customers. their, subs, their subscribers are saying. Their subscribers could, could give a tinkers uh, no, about woke culture. 
and stop it. They're, they're, you know, well, they don't. We don't want. We don't want transgender people in every every other scene. Right, There's not that. There are not that many transgendered people out there. I'm right. sorry. There just people, isn't. Some of these people, for whatever reason, think that that this is an issue that people care about, and it's the, the, frankly. Yeah, there's a few people out there that are concerned about homosexuality and transgenderism stuff, but you know, most people don't really want this kind of stuff in movies. They they don't want movies where Sally has two mommies. Well, uh, they're not they're not looking for those kind of things. That's not it doesn't do much for them. I'm sorry, and it does offend some people. I, yeah, I I'm not going to say it offends me. It turns my stomach. Okay, when I see two men kissing. Yeah, I mean I I understand that. There's people out there that are homosexual. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But you want to do that, take it in the bedroom, okay? I'll never forget when I went to California the first time. I was going to work for a, a, a flower company. Well, not a flower company. A, 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 a It was called Red Book. In fact, it came out of uh, Paragool here in, in uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They, they hired me up. And I had Arizona, uh, New Mexico, California, Oregon, and Washington State. That was my territory. And uh, you'll remember back in the day before computers, some of you will, mm-hmm. uh, where you you go to the florist to order flowers. And the way the florist did it, they all had a book. Mm. And the book had a way of all these florists had their phone numbers and stuff in it. And you could – okay, back with you. I mean, I got cut off there because I wasn't watching my time. All right. And let me just say this. Computer don't care about my show. <laughs> the computer, it's, time, it's time for the news. We go to the news. Kind of like the Ben Shapiro says, the computer doesn't care about your feelings. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what happened. So anyway, where did I end up? Was I in California? Is that what I was talking about, Heidi? Heidi says, yeah. Okay. So anyway. I, I worked for Red Book. And now what Red Book was, was like Teleflora or any of the other books that were out there. It was a networking system. It was for, a, yeah, for, for, for floors. For flower. For so, you could order, so you could order uh, an arrangement in California and send it to New York, right. so to speak. And in the book, what you do is you go to New York and you look for the florist that you wanted to use. That was a telefloor florist or this or that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what I was doing. And if I hadn't had to stay on the road uh, every day of the year except for holidays, I probably might – well, I would have been doing it until the computer advent mm-hmm. because I was making – I was making bank best way I could put it. I was making good money at it. But uh, I went to went to uh, uh, California, my ter- one of my territories, and I was in San Francisco. Of course, that's one of my territories, too. It's a, it's a good territory as far as ad- advertising went. And uh, I was on the, uh, the, the uh, a car. Um, streetcar. Yeah, the streetcars. And, and these two guys wearing hot pants sat down next to me, and, and something should have tipped me off that they're both wearing hot pants, but uh, they sat down next to me, and they started making out, all right? They're playing tongue two, hockey two, right two there next man. to me. That's and I, I'm, I feel, let me just put it this way. Look, I grew up outside of Chicago, and people didn't do that even in Chicago. That's a metropolitan area. That's six million people right there. Not even. And that wasn't wasn't going on, and it, and it was much more 
liberal, if that's the way you want to put it, or lefty out uh, in uh, in California. Uh, but uh, look, I don't want a man and a woman to stand next, sit next to me, uh, basically undressed and making out and groping each other. I'm not going to be pleased with that either. But anyway, I got off right at that particular at the next exit. So when I'm watching Netflix, I don't mind that they have programs like that. Just don't don't tell me that I I got to have my nose stuck in it. And that's what the the woke people are trying to do. They want every show to well, have be, that contingent well, clearly in dave you need to be re-educated yeah i'm probably there's some of <laughs> there's some people listening around right buying what a homophobe right you know well if if that's what it is so be it okay well, the, the reality is that it's at some point when do we stop and say this is wrong you know do we do we do we always just say well you're just going to do what you want to do and that's okay no some stuff is wrong some stuff is just objectively wrong that is objectively wrong but anyway these this woke component of uh, netflix was really causing problems and their first quarterly report for netflix this year was down significantly Mm -hmm. subscribers and if you don't have the subscribers you're not making the money so uh revenue has also grown at its slowest pace in years amid rising competition I mean, Paramount, Disney, Hulu. Well, I mean, I can just... Amazon does it. Too. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon. I can just name them off in my hand of all the new ones that have come on. From new and existing streaming rivals, the company said it is, it's exploring offering a lower-priced ad, <clears throat> ad-supported version of the platform to help boost its subscriber base. Now, what does that mean? Well, that... It's like imdb.com. IMDb is a new streaming service, but it has ads that's that are in your, uh, your you know your subscription. My question is, what were the main reason that uh, you left? Uh, you know, commercial television, right? Because of the commercial, coming back around. It's, yeah, a, it's, so, a, it's a full circle sort so, of thing. Yeah, huh? that's exactly right. right. So, is that what you want to go back to? So. Anyway, the, the two reasons that Netflix is having problems is that they they got this woke thing going, and they started putting that woke stuff in everything, mm-hmm. and people didn't want it in everything. You know, I want some some good old uh, you know John Wayne ish type uh, you, you know war movies. You stuff. don't want to see John Wayne kissing one of his, yeah, one of his they, generals. Yeah, didn't want any anything like that. So anyway, uh, it looks like. Uh, Netflix is woke, so they up to that they if they keep go, had kept going woke they were going to go broke. They they have they have awakened to the wokeness. Yes, right? they have they have definitely. So a, so they're starting to into suggest that we're, we're going to fire some of you people if you don't get to work. Yeah. So anyway, just just something to keep uh, to keep in mind. All right, nine forty here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Daily Wire reporting the House of Representatives faced backlash late this week over a plan to use taxpayer money to give staffers in Washington, D.C. and in district offices across the uh, country free Peloton memberships while the American people feel the pain of soaring inflation rates. Now, remind me what Peloton. That's the, that bike. 
that you see them. It's got you know the it's got the flat screen on it and everything, and you get on it, and you work out, and oh. it'll take you over you know different places to ride a bike and going up and it hmm. it tightens it up and make you work harder and stuff of that nature to stay in stay in shape the plan reportedly would give an estimated 12,000 and change uh, people both peloton all access and a peloton app membership at no cost to them while the american taxpayer you and i would be forced to shell out more than $120,000 per month, depending on how many people enroll in the membership. Uh, Fox News reporter John Roberts said, Desperate parents can't find baby formula. Congress has yet to take action, but lawmakers can now order liquor directly to their Capitol Hill offices. Lawmakers and staff will now have free access to the Peloton app. Hmm. Now, when you hear that, does that not make you feel that the uh, people up in Washington are part of the aristocracy of France? And like they, uh, I used to make fun of this all the time. They're the kind of people that now wear powdered wigs and have poodles running around your feet. That, that's you know we're not supposed to have aristocracy here in the here in America, but the reality is that we we've, there's there's alternatives. And yes, they treat themselves like royalty, and they—I mean—is Pelosi not Marie Antoinette, or worse? Yeah, I mean, think about that. She didn't say let them eat cake. She said let them eat ice cream. She stood in front of her her six. Uh, what was it? I forget how. It was an ungodly amount of money she paid for her refrigerator. Hmm. It was well over ten thousand. It seems like to me it was in the sixty thousand dollar range. Hmm. And it was full of ice cream and she stand in front of it and cackling no, that would have been that would have been Clinton. She was <laughs> she was smugly looking at the camera as if look at what I can eat and you can't. And I, I when I see that it makes me think of those things that led up to the French Revolution, which was one of the biggest bloodbaths that it's, has ever happened. It was terrible, but I think that's one of those things is that one of the parts part of human nature is that we, we, we do pendulum swings. And so the middle might be righteousness and justice, whereas the French government were terrible to their people sometimes. But then, yeah. then the people rebelled. All the Louis, they were terrible. Then, then the people rebelled, and then the people became incredibly wicked, and they were murdering. They were the same way. And so it was it – was, they, they didn't stop at justice. They went beyond. What's the old saying, Paul? Power corrupts, but absolute power absolutely corrupts, and, so and that's, that's what that's, happened. That's one of those things that, that sometimes when you do bad things, it comes back with lots of interest. Yeah. Sometimes the the, the yeah we call that karma. Sometimes well, right. And so you 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 sow the wind and you reap the whirlwind. Yeah. That's well, the, that, the, and that's what we're getting now in our country. A lot of this stuff that's coming up uh, in our schools and all of that. We have sown the 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 wind. the wind, and now we're getting the whirlwind. Yeah. It's it's, it's what we what we get. We we teach our kids uh, anything that we you know that. The schools want to teach them, and now the parents suddenly go, "Why don't you start teaching this?" Right. Well, and they've it, been teaching it for a long time, and many, leading up to it. How many parents out there that are good, pretty, pretty decent, conservative people, and their kids grow up, and they're in college, and they're spouting all kinds of 
leftist socialist garbage nonsense. Yes. Like, As I say you, on the air, send your child to university socialism. and send they'll send back a brown shirt to you. Right, and that's there. And these parents are 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 upset about this. It's like, what what did you expect? You you let you you, you let the devil teach your kids, and you wonder why they. Whatever, whatever your child doesn't have inside of them, they will fill it with what they and are. That's, and that's the thing, is, and that's what they do. Uh, well, their children are sponges. They, 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 they're looking to learn. They, they're, they're naturally going to learn things. And when you let government and their and their lackeys um, train your kids and even your young college students, don't be surprised when they come back. Um, so, I, mean, I like always recommend that in. people read the book 1984 because mm-hmm. it's happening now. All right, it is big time happening now. Or watch the movie. I I I, I ordered the 1956 Edmund O'Brien mm-hmm. version of that, and I've also got the most recent one that was done in the in the 80s with Richard Burton. And uh, here's the key. There's a scene in it where they take you to the Ministry of Love, which is anything but the Ministry of Love. It's the Ministry of Torture Mm. and Coercion and making you become – and brainwashing. And they make you become uh, a a believer in uh, a big brother, basically. And they make a statement. They say, we take you and we'll empty you of you and we'll refill you with us. And that's – what it's about all right let's take a break we'll come back finish it up quarter about 14 minutes to 10 o'clock dave ellswick show here on 1011 fm the answer all right let's get back and finish it up here national review saying a great irony of the leaked dobbs draft is that Democrats, despite all their advocacy in overdrive since its release, may end up gaining very little politically from it. Uh, Town Hall, and again, full transparency, Town Hall is owned by Salem Media, just so you'll know. A recently released Scott Rasmussen national survey from RMG Research shows uh, that results reaffirm the idea that it is time for Roe versus Wade to go so that the abortion decision can be returned to the American people through their elected officials and state legislatures. This is one of the biggest lies that's being perpetrated on the American people right now by the national media. And that is if Roe v. Wade or the uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey uh, laws are overturned, that abortion will become illegal in the United States. That is not right. what it's will just, happen. I think the decision All, is... Yeah, the decision sends it back to the states, and every state will, deserve, will decide right. well, how I, they want to do this. It's, I think what we'll end up seeing is that it will be a, it will be a jurisdictional decision. This in the federal, in the courts, as they should, they should, they will, I believe, determine that Abortion is not within the jurisdiction of the federal government. It is a state issue, um, and it'll just go back to the states. And so if you live in Arkansas, yeah, abortion is going to be probably pretty much illegal, except for maybe if the mother is di- is going to die. Then there, that might be one exception. Um, but if you live in California, you know, you can probably still kill your children. They might even let you kill your children after they're born. Yeah, they've got um, a law that's sitting, sitting if out you live there. In, if you and live in, in Maryland, Massachusetts or Maryland. Um, 
then you might you might still be able to kill your children even after they're born and especially before um, but in some of these other states like like Arkansas, Louisiana, Georgia, Oklahoma. Alabama, Oklahoma, Kansas maybe um, you're probably not going to be able to to go out and hire some hitman with a with a white lab coat to come kill your children before they're born. That's right. just that's just part of it. So Rasmussen went out there Rasmussen went out there and started talking to the American people about that. And it said that uh, most Americans are interested that the abortion decision be returned to the American people through their elected officials in state legislatures. This is, according to polling, is actually the outcome voters want. How do they want it? Well, for 65%, they chose voters and their elected state representatives while just 18% chose judges and courts when it comes to who should decide uh, the abortion issue. Why is that? Well, it's what I've always said on my show. You know, your state legislature is the closest that, you know, the, the closer your government is to you, the better it will reflect who you are. And... You know, you can go all the way down to your quorum court. Your sure. quorum court is going to, respe- you know, reflect you or should reflect you better than even the state legislature oh, will. Hopefully. So the bottom line is understand that if Roe v. Wade, if, uh, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey disappear, doesn't mean abortion disappears. Abortion is still an option, but states will determine how much of an option right. that is right and i think that's and that's kind of where it needs to go and it's it's this is one of those things that in many of these states it was never legalized through the proper legislative channels no the, 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 the supreme court decided and made it a national law right the supreme court stepped outside of their proper authority they hijacked the issue and they um they um essentially told Every state in the union, you have to allow people to kill their unborn children. Even Ginsburg said that what Roe v. Wade was based on was ridiculous law. Hmm. Even well, I mean, I'm, that's my paraphrase for it, but that's what she basically was saying, that it did not have two strong legs to stand on. Much less three. No. Yeah. yeah. And so the, it's, it's, it, was, it was a nonsense ruling back in the 70s. And it needs to be overturned. It never was justifiable, and and it was it was a mess all the all, all the way around. I think. And I think it was it was um, I was well, looking, completely usurped the Tenth Amendment. There's there's those issues. I, I I was looking at you know Mike Ferris calls into the show every once in a while. We talk to him about legal issues from time to time. He was he had posted something on Facebook a while back. Is like I think he was mentioning that there's there's. Um, there's regular case law and then there's the abortion distortion i think is the 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 term he used is it you've got this regular case law ideology that that's kind of consistent and you can kind of work with it and you can and you can understand it and then you have abortion which is just way off in left field here that doesn't 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 mesh up with logic or reason or or um or sound ideology it's just kind of off there on off over there on its own it's like yeah, we legislated from the bench on that one, and I think that one's 
and, and there's a lot of other areas of, of what they call case law where I think the courts step beyond their bounds. Um, but, but I think abortion is one of those things that was just so flagrantly outside of um, um, the bounds of, of reason and justice uh, that it's, it, it, was, it was a distortion of the, of the system. So what, did, what does the Speaker of the House says? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said on CNN State of the Union on Sunday, and I watched this, so I know this is true, that the current Supreme Court was dangerous for families and the freedom of America. Pelosi linked former President Trump, who appointed three conservative justices to the bench during his four-year tenure in the White House, to the draft decision. Well, so in in her her mind, it's it's dangerous because children will be allowed to live. I guess. That's that's an interesting play on words there. That's what she basically, they're dangerous. Supreme Court is dangerous. It wants to return the decision back to the people of the state. Have you seen the meme out there? It's it's it some goes something to the effect of um, the the girls growing up in this next generation will have fewer rights than the ones um, before you got to vote. Right, but at least they'll be alive. Yeah, that's good. I like that. At least they'll <laughs> well, be alive. At least they'll that's be true. alive, they'll, as, as opposed to the the nearly a million children a year that are being butchered in the womb. They're being killed before they get a chance to to draw breath. All right, Paul, we're out of time, brother. I got to get, I got to get us out of here. We've got another show coming up tomorrow. Don't forget the women to be here. We'll be talking to them in the first hour. The uh, Bible guys, I know that Scott will not be here. Uh, He'll be out one more week and then he should be back in the studio. But uh, last that I heard Billy will be here and Steve will be here on the Bible Guys. 9 o'clock hour? Can't tell you right now. Don't know. I have to put something in that place. I'll figure out something, and we'll have some great discussion at that time. Until then, you have a great day. I'll be with you again starting at 6 a.m. Paul, thank you for coming. Wayne, we thank him. We thank uh, Dr. Tim Lim, and we thank Chris Carnahan, and uh, also uh, our guest, Mr. Tyler, for dropping by and speaking with us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Get out and vote if you haven't yet. 65,572 Arkansans have already taken care of their civic duty. Make sure you take care of your civic duty as well. See you tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.